Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. What season are we at? You know, they built groves in the Old Testament where God used to move. And they built a grove. There was prophets of the grove. But God had moved on. And there, simply because we don't move in the leading of the Holy Ghost, it's called iniquity, lawlessness. Not walking in the light as he's in the light. Now many are wanting to go back to Pentecost. Going back to Azusa Street. You know, James Parham and Seymour. Uh, there in the uh, turn of the century, in the 20th century, that there was a great move of God. And they call it a Pentecostal move at that time. We're not going back. We're going forward. Now what we're talking about today is not Pentecost. Pentecost is a season that has come and we are now in a new season. We're in the third day. And very few are listening and hearing the voice of the Lord. For the time is coming and now is when those hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. It's a proceeding word that man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That is called now faith, not yesterday faith, not tomorrow's faith, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. And he's talking about a time of new wine. Now, Jesus spoke of another day. Now, when we see in Hebrews 4, Paul stated that take heed lest a promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering at his rest. For there remaineth the rest of the people of God in eternal sabbatico. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. Now, many will refer back to said this is Joshua, which is a type shadow of yes. But Jesus stated there would be another day that would be we would all enter into that rest. And he stated to his disciples going to Jerusalem, he's about to be crucified. And as he does, he says, I have many things to tell you disciples. Now those things are the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things, so far, the evidence of things not seen. Well, that is the revelation of Jesus Christ in the last days, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things, which must shortly come to pass. Sentence signified it, signed, sealed it by his servant, his angel unto John. Now, John, the Baptist, forerun Jesus' first coming. But he did no many miracles, no mighty miracles that John the Baptist did in the spirit of Elijah. But John, as he spoke in the book of the Revelation, in Revelation 10, that there was a little book. Now, he heard what the seven thunders uttered their voices. He was about to write, and it said, see that do us or not. Seal up those things. Don't write them, because this is coming out of the Bibliotheum, the little book. Now, take the little book out of the angel's hand and eat you all of it. The time has come for all truth, not partial truth. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now, the face is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. 
For the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image, not something less. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot, without blemish. That's made herself ready. That perfect, spotless, blameless church is in the image of Jesus Christ, going from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 3. Now, we understand that we must walk in the light as he's in the light. It's progressive truth. In the Word of God is a proceeding word that man shall live by. So that means that the Word and the Holy Ghost is dynamic. It's not static. It's always called the way of light, not the place of light, because that would be static. It's the way of life, which is always moving and progressing. And we that are righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ, not of our own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. Those that are walking in faith, in now faith, which is the substance of things hoped for, and now faith, which is the evidence of things not seen. Those are the ones that he's going to use in the last days. Now, Jesus told those disciples, I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. So Jesus is speaking of another time. He's headed to the cross. Death, burial, and resurrection be glorified back with the Father's own self with the glory that he had put off to redeem us that were under the law, becoming a man. Now he's going back literally to that spirit. That man, the second Adam, the last Adam, made a quickening spirit. That new man, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But he said, I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to bear them now. But when the comfort of the Holy Ghost has come, he'll speak of me and the word showing you. What? For all that the Father's given is given unto me and will show you things that will come to pass. Well, that's exactly what the book of the Revelation is about, to showing to his servants things uh, which must shortly come to pass. John is the one in the spirit of Elijah that will forerun Jesus' second coming, which is the body of Christ and servants of God that received the word. So in Revelation 4, verse 1, there's a door open in heaven and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, John said. That's the voice of the Lord. And saying, come up hither and I will show you things. That's not rapture. I'll show you things. That's revelation in faith. That's the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I'll show you things which will come to pass hereafter. Now, these things are the things of faith. We're to earnestly contend for that faith that was once delivered to the saints. Now, Jesus warned that it was essential for salvation and not to be destroyed. And as he said in Matthew 9, and I'm reading Matthew 9 and verse 14, then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often? But thy disciples fast not. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? 
Sabbath fasting is mourning, guarding of sackcloth and ashes. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fear and fast. Verse 16, no man put it. Now here is we're talking about a new day, a new season, a new time, a radical change, if you will. So radical a change that as Jesus, when he came on the scene, God manifest in the flesh, it was a radical change from the law. The law said that you shall not uh, drink of the blood. And there Jesus said, except you eat of the flesh and drink of the Son of Man, you have no life. The 70 left at this saying. So this is a hard saying. Not realizing the thing that Jesus said was the truth in eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood is not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And that flesh and blood is the body and the blood is the life in the New Testament given for you. How do you apply it? By being not conformed to this world, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's how you prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. So you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Not to do that is called iniquity. And because of iniquity will abound in the last days, the love of many will wax cold. And at that time, Jesus said, I never knew you. Because you that work iniquity, iniquity, you did not do the will of God. And that's Matthew 7. And will not be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, even though at one time they were right in one season. They definitely had the Holy Ghost. They called him Lord. They knew that he's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. So they were little children because they have known the Lord. They know that he is the Father. And we see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I write to you little children because you have known the Father. They call him Lord, Lord. But they are not able. They're not able to enter in. Well, there's a reason. And Jesus said, you didn't do the will of God. You did not walk in the light as I'm in the light in the proceeding word of God. Jesus spoke of another day that we must enter in. There's a rest that remaineth to the people of God. And that's the truth through the proceeding word of God revealed to us by the Holy Ghost, leading us and guiding us into all truth. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. Well, who will have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches? We are past Pentecost. Pentecost, if we stay there, is the old store. It's the old wine. We're in a new day. We're in a new season. We're in the new time of tabernacles. We're not Pentecostals. We're tabernacleists for those that have an ear to hear. And the Holy Ghost is moving us in the light as he's in the light. And there in Matthew 9, take a look at what Jesus said. He goes on and says in Matthew 9, verse 16, no man put it a piece of new cloth unto an old garment. Now, those have been baptized under Christ, have put on Christ. But we find there's a change of raiment. This garment's going to be changed 
for Joshua, the son of Josedek, we find that Joshua standing before the Lord. Satan comes there also in Zechariah 3. And the Lord said, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. And Joshua, Joshua stood there, the ones called by the name of Jesus, stood there, and he said, There must be a change. Take off the filthy garments that's on him and give him a new change of raiment. Is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? Now, right now, the body of Christ is going through fire, tribulation. Why? To perch, to try to make us white, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. A Holy Ghost whose fan is in his hand, he will truly purge his floor. It's through the Holy Ghost leading and guiding that we crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust, not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for us is. And not just know it, but do it. And we're hanging back in Pentecost. When God is in a new house, a new season, and it's a new garment. And this new thing that God is doing, you can't put that in sewing into an old garment. That's what he's saying. For that which is put in to fill it up, taketh from the garment, and the rent of the tear is made rough. Worse. Well, how did it get torn to begin with? How did the garment get torn? Where did Joshua get this brand? He's a brand plucked out of the fire. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost. What is that tear in the garment? Well, Hosea 6 says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn. And he will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. Why is he doing that? Well, he's, he is pruning us there so we would bring forth more fruit. But it's a new season. And people are trying to go back. Believers are trying to go back to Pentecost, to a rain, to the former rain, to a moderate rain, rather than going on to the last great rain of his strength which is a radical change in this season. In the true proceeding word of God is far, far greater than Pentecost. And that's the reason the old store, it says, is failing. That, that corn harvest of wheat and barley in Joel 1, he says, is withering. Why? Well, you can ask an old timer. It's been around 50, 60, 70 years, and they'll tell you that before in the older days, that they'd pray through and it would only be a while and the Holy Ghost would fall and there would be signs, miracles, lies, wonders, signs, miracles and wonders and diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost confirming God's word. Now we know that the devil has signs, miracles and lying wonders because it's not holy. But the people of God, the signs followed them. And we say, why do we not see those as we see in the book of Acts because it's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new thing. It's a new wine. And that's the reason why in Joel 1 that wheat and barley is withering. Even all the trees of the field, that new wine is cut off from us. 
because it's failing. It's a Hosea 9. The new wine is failing because we're not hearing the voice of God and obeying it in present truth. That is an indictment against the ministers. For we must walk in the light as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If not, then we're backsliding. To stay in Pentecost is backsliding. As somebody said, ooh, that's very strange and a very profound statement you're making. Yes, it is. And the word of God bears it out. In Isaiah 28, he said, God will rise, arise to do his work, his strange work. Bring to pass his act, his strange act. This is exactly what God is doing now to those that have an ear to hear. The ones that are really in the body of Christ, the true believers, it's through tribulation that worketh patience, patience worketh experience, and experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God shed abroad in the heart by the Holy Ghost. But in the form of rain, it was a moderate rain. We see that in the book of Acts, the second chapter. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. And cloven tongues of fire appeared and sat on each one of them. Well, that was a wonderful day. But that was Pentecost. Now, in the last great reign of his strength, to those that have an ear, he's going to take his ministers and make them a flame of fire. Not just cloven tongues of fire appearing and setting on them, but make them as ministers of flame of fire. That is a greater move of God and the glory revealed in and through the body of Christ than Pentecost. So the Pentecost is the former reign. It's the old store. It is true that we, that body of Christ, was born again simply by in obedience to the word, being born of the water and the spirit. Wonderful truth. How do you do that? Peter had the keys of the kingdom, said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Born of the water. Uh, by the heart circumcised that the body of the sins of the flesh might be cut off of baptism. That's the only way to get rid of this body of the sins of the flesh. Romans 6, 4, Colossians 2, 10 through 12, by baptism. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The outward evidence of speaking in other tongues filled with the Holy Ghost. That was the former reign. Acts 2, 4, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. How, what is that word in Pentecost that's in the present light then in that former reign? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Promises unto you, to your children, to a many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's Pentecost. But then we go on, a long time passes. Now we come to a new season. Wherein is a new thing? Wherein is a new wine? We find there, in Jeremiah 31, it talks about, God said, behold, I do a new thing. It's the new wine. It's a kainos. It's something that's never, ever been done before. And this new thing, he said, a woman shall compass a man. Jeremiah 31, 22. What is that new thing? A woman compassing a man. 
Well, we see that in Revelation 12, verse 1. I saw a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with a sun. That's the sun of righteousness. The moon and under her feet. Those are the lunations are the, the seasons of God based upon the moons, the lunations. In the first month, there unto the seventh month. And upon her head, a crown of 12 stars, perfect government of God. At that time, fullness has come. And she cried, travailing in pain, and brought forth a man child. That's the new thing. Caught up to God and to his throne. This is not in the sanctuary. This is not the holy place where we have a half egg of beaten olive oil and the 22 knots of bolts to fill the seven lamps to give light over against the word, the shewbread, upon the table of shewbread, which is a ministry, lifting up the word, and the prayers of the saints, the altar of incense. We're within the veil. It's says tabernacles, a whole new season. You can't stay in there because in Leviticus 16, God takes all are the ones that's in the sanctuary all through that year. Then he gathers together but one, one high priest, representative of all Israel. That will be a high priest for all Israel. And he will go not only from the altar burnt offering and taking that, the fire, and then the incense off the table of shewbread, with the altar of incense and go within the veil. And there's a time that Paul talked about he couldn't speak particularly about it because he was not in the right season. He was in a Pentecostal season. We see that in Hebrews 9. It's, an, it's a worldly sanctuary with a divine service. But in Hebrews 9, 5, Paul makes a startling statement. He said the cherubim shadowing the mercy seat, cherubim, the living creatures, that's Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. The cherubim shadowing the mercy seat of which now we cannot speak particularly. Why not? Because he was in the different season of Pentecost and this is for the last day season of tabernacles. Now that man is coming forth within the veil they will look like Jesus, walk like Jesus, and speak the word of God. And they have this revelation, which is the testimony of Jesus. Knowing those things, not that they have read the words of the book of this prophecy, but they have kept them. Walk in the light as he's in the light. In Revelation 19.10, John sees this man looks just like Jesus. Same he sees the attributes, the glory. If anyone knew the Lord, John, the revelator, knew the Lord Jesus Christ. He was about to bow down and worship him. And the man said, see thou doest it not. Don't do it. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren. I'm one of you. That have the testimony of Jesus. I've got that testimony. And we have to focus on that testimony. Because it's to the law and to the testimony. If any speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them, Isaiah 8. Well, it's a testimony. And he tells us 
worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And notice he makes that a small s, a spirit of prophecy. It is the spirit of prophecy. That's where you become one as a body of Christ. Jesus, the head, the members of the body of Christ, compacted, joint together, and bone to bone, of whichever joint supplies of the edifying of itself in love, in the unity of the faith as one man, filling heaven and earth. Say, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus, what this man has, the body of Christ has the testimony of Jesus, it is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the new thing. It is uh, the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What, what is that? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that's what you see in Revelation 1. The whole book is written, the revelation of Jesus Christ. For what? That God gave it to him to show unto his servants, God's servants, the ones that are in obedience to him, serving him, servants of righteousness, in obedience unto righteousness, which is by faith. And he says to show into his servants things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. There we have the new thing, the faith that was once delivered to the saints in the revelation of these things, which is the revelation that of Jesus in the new thing that God is doing. And Jesus spoke of it. He said here in Matthew 9, he said that neither do men put new wine into old bottles. You can't go with a season of corn harvest of wheat and barley, which is the repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the Holy Ghost. That's wonderful. But that's not going to bring you to perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Therefore, in Hebrews 6, Paul tells us that leaving, therefore, didn't say forget it, said leaving, therefore. We're not saying that repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and receiving the Holy Ghost is not truth. It is truth. But it's not all truth. Because there is, after you receive the Holy Ghost, a leading of the Holy Ghost into all things, into all truth, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ and the testimony of Jesus. That's where you come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, not seeing through a glass darkly, but when that which is perfect is come. And that's where we are now in that season. God expects us to, to walk in that light, and we're not doing it. Therefore, the Lord, for we so we will not be condemned with this world, chastens us. And that's the reason why there's a terror in the garment. Hosea 6, the 6 said, come and let us return to the Lord. He hath torn. There's a rent in it. He will heal us. He hath smitten. He will bind us up. After the second day, he'll revive us. We've had revival. But it's in that third day where we are now, the third thousandth year, we're in the 21st century, 2021. And he says, in that third day, I will raise you up and you will live in my sight. 
This is not Pentecost. It's in the third day. Pentecost happened 2,000 years ago, two days ago, in the corn harvest of wheat and barley. But now we're talking fruit harvest, oil and wine. Total new thing. Great harvest, the last great reign of his strength. And very few are listening. And he says, the men, neither do men put new wine into these old bottles. You can't go back to Pentecost. You've got to make yourself a vessel, meat for the master's use. It says, also, if you do, put the new wine into old bottles, else the bottles will break. And when they break, then all perishes. And the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. He's saying this is essential for salvation. Then goes on and says, but they put new wine into new bottles. And both are preserved. The preservation of the saints is predicated on believing the word of God in truth as a proceeding word of God that man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God in present truth. The present truth is that we're in the season of tabernacles, not Pentecost. We're tabernacleists, not Pentecostals. It's a new thing. God's doing it now. And that is the revelation of Jesus Christ that we not only read, but keep the sayings of the book of this prophecy. And we must get it right. We're hearing pre-tribulation rapture, which destroys the faith and the patience of the saints. Revelation 13, that man of sin, the son of perdition, that opposes all that is God who is at his worship, so that he has God, setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, and requires all the earth to worship him, and all that do not worship him, he causeth them both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their forehead or in their right hand. And that is the Kizi stigma. He did not write 603 score and six. He wrote three Greek letters. Kizi stigma. Key, Christ, 600. Z, 60, rebellion. Written as a coal snake with about to strike. Stigma, six, man, flesh. Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh. His mark is Kizi stigma. And that is the spirit of Antichrist. And we have right now the greatest need is to the doctrine of Christ to be taught in all the churches, in all the body of Christ. Because it must be established in this doctrine of Christ. And it's Christ that will be revealed in and through the body of Christ, which will take all the kingdoms of this world. Now is come the king. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and the power of his Christ. His Christ are his anointed ones. Those are the ones that are in the measure, stature, the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. It is not Pentecost. You're going backwards, backsliding by staying in Pentecost. 
Somebody said, that's a hard saying. Yes, it is. But Jesus stated that this new wine must be put into new wineskins. And who will hear for the time to come? Oh, that they were wise, they would consider their latter end to the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, to the testimony, the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Without the spirit of prophecy, it is impossible to learn and understand and keep and obey the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the little book, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we must eat all of it. It's leading us and guiding us into all truth. And it comes out of fire, a brand plucked out of the fire. You're going through the fire right now. Of course you are. It's a brand plucked out of a fire. What's a brand? It's what you seal with. It's sign of the sealing. The cross. The cross is the tav, which in Ezekiel 9 is sealed. The ones that are crying out for the sins and abominations in Jerusalem set a mark upon their forehead. That's a tav. It's the last attribute of the Lord Jesus in the ABC diary, the Hebrew ABC diary. It starts out with a law. He's God. Seven, six, and eternal God, Jesus. Beth, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him. Tabernacles in him, house. Then Gobble, carry it on. Dela, door, Jesus is the door. Every, every attribute of God in his divine glory and divine nature is revealed in the Hebrew Abyssinian. But now in the Pentecostal, in the sanctuary, where we have the knops of bowls, 22 knops of bowls that we have on the branches. We have six branches coming out of the servant branch or the shamash. And each branch will have three knops of bowls with a half egg of beaten olive oil. And uh, that is six branches times three is 18. Four in the center branch, the servant branch, that's higher than the others and touches the base, which is God himself, a type of Jesus Christ, that he is the vine, we're the branches. It has four knobs of bowls, lime, man, ox, and eagle. And each of these bowls have a half egg of beaten olive oil. And the Holy Ghost is the fire that lights it. But now we're going in this final last day move with gold and oil. Out of the cherubim of glory, shadowing the mercy seat. And they pour out of themselves the golden oil, not a half egg of beaten olive oil. Why is it golden oil? Because it's throne room revelation within the veil. It's a higher glory. It's a testimony of Jesus. It's those things that we must enter into in the new thing, the new wine. Many a time Jesus said that I go away. If I go not away, the comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. And what? He will lead you and guide you into all truth. And he'll speak of me that all the Father has given, is given unto me. And he will 
who? The Holy Ghost will speak of him and all that he did as our way, truth, and life as our example. And that's the reason Korah, Habarim, uh, we have in Dathan coming against Moses. Well, somebody said, what does Moses have to do with it? Well, he has a lot to do with a new thing. Why? Because in Matthew 17, on the Mount of Transfiguration, we have Peter, James, and John taken up on a mountain apart with Jesus, and Jesus is transformed before them, but there appears Moses and Elijah. Why? Because in Malachi 4, remember my servant Moses. Moses, the guess that he did judgment miracles on all of Egypt. All the gods of Egypt were destroyed through Moses, but not one Moses, it was Jesus only. That's what we see and learn upon the Mount of Transfiguration. It wasn't Moses working those kingdom those judgment miracles. It wasn't Elijah working the kingdom miracles. It was Jesus, Jesus only. But notice, while they're up on that Mount of Transfiguration, Peter says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three Sukkos, three booths, three tabernacles, not Shabbat, not Pentecost, not corn harvest, wheat and barley. We're talking about fruit harvest, oil and wine, three Sukkos, the housetop, palm trees, the, the uh, palm trees and cherubim and open flower, fruit of it manifest. And that is the last day work of the ministry. It's the Jesus ministry, which we are all called for. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And that's not believed in most churches. They'll say you can't be perfect as long as you're in the flesh. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if the spirit of Jesus dwells in you. The body is dead because of the spirit, and uh, uh, that body is dead. You can reckon yourself dead unto sin, but alive unto God. You're servants of righteousness now. And when Peter said, Lord, let us build here three booths, three tabernacles, three seasons of tabernacles, three booths, Sukkoths. We're in the season of tabernacles, not Pentecost not the season of Passover. Passover was the death, burial, and resurrection of Passover and 11 bread first fruits in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel according to them. He, Jesus, is the line of the tribe of Judah and Matthew, perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. He's a suffering servant, the ox, and the gospel according uh, uh, to Luke. And he is uh, that eagle in the gospel according to John. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Christ, our Passover, sacrifice for us. Now we go to the next season. Now we're coming out of Passover, that season of there, which there were three feasts. We go out of that first season of uh, Passover to the Feast of Weeks, that season of Pentecost. We've been in it for over 2,000 years. And that season of Pentecost is Acts, the second chapter. The book of Acts does not have an amen. It's still in, it's still continuing in action. The dynamics of it is still there. No amen. And 
and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, well, there was a season there. Couldn't happen a day early, day late, right on time. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, well, they were all in one mind and one accord in the upper room. And suddenly there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Now that's a different season. Nobody talked in tongues before then, but now they will. Greater things than these shall you do. The shadow of Peter fell upon them were healed. But now, the last great reign of his strength will be things that's never, ever been done before. But there is a change of seasons. Before he changes from Pentecost, that season, season he lets it diminish. It withers. And then he shifts gears into the last day reign of his strength, tabernacles. That's exactly what he says in Joel 1. Because the corn harvest is withering. The, the, the corn and the barley harvest. Well, the barley harvest is the harvest of uh, the feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, feast of first fruits, three measures of barley for a penny. This is what you see in the black horse rider. Then he has a pair of balances in his hand. We're going to be measured by that. And he's going to weigh us. And we're measured by the Lord Jesus Christ, that measure that comes unto us. Are we walking in the light? Are we in the proceeding word and present truth? Very few are. So that's the reason it's a measure of wheat for a penny. That is Pentecost for a penny, just one measure. Three measures of barley for a penny. That is Passover and then bread and first fruits. But see that you hurt not the oil and the wine. That is fruit harvest of oil and wine in tabernacles. You don't hurt that. They're already there. That is the reason why we have to hear and be circumspectly following the Lord, diligently seeking him in this present truth of tabernacles. Not Pentecost. We're going backsliding. And that is so essential and profound that on the 19th of January, 2019, we look for these things, we pray for these things, and we come out of a meeting in a Maasai tribal church, Transamera, Kenya, Africa, after preaching four hours, we kind of had to sleep in two nights, and the Holy Ghost hits. Hits us so hard, hit me so hard, that I almost staggered into the street and got hit by a car. It was so profound. It lasted about two hours. The bottom line is, the Lord says, seal my people by my word. Now, he's not only talking to us, he's talking to the body of Christ. Not just to me, to everyone. Any man have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He's not just speaking to one. He's speaking to the body of Christ. Speaking to you. If you're a believer, if you're in the present truth, he's speaking to you. He spoke to me on the 19th of January, 2019. It was shocking that we are that far along. I was shocked. It was profound. Seeing my people by my word. As I am sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. I did not come out of that for almost another hour after the two-hour visitation. 
because it's so profound that we're in that season of tabernacles now. And all that have an ear to hear is what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now, we're not going to be back and say we're not going to speak the Word of God that He's given us. Neither will you. You have to be obedient. You have to walk in the light as He's in the light. Now, there, why Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration? Because he did judgment miracles. He delivered Israel out of Egypt. 600,000 men, not counting women and children. A great deliverance. We in the body of Christ will do the same in the last days. God using us as his weapons of indignation, destroying all the gods of this earth, of the world. And he says it in Isaiah 60. He said, the gross darkness will cover the people. But at that time, I will arise and be a light upon you and the Holy One over you for a flame, and any nation that will not hear you, God said, I'll destroy that nation. That's a powerful time. When my glory will be revealed in you. Now, I know that consummates in the day of the Lord, but before then, this gospel of the kingdom, the true kingdom of God, not this trinity, not a binitarian, not a two-ness doctrine, and not a oneness doctrine, the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ, the man who is God, always has been God and always will be God, preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, then the end will come. And that's where we are now. Why Moses? Because he's on the Mount of Transfiguration, as he was stated in Malachi, the fourth chapter. Remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah. Why send Elijah? That's a restoration prophet. We find that in Matthew 17, after he comes down off the Mount of Transfiguration. They say, why? The disciples of John say that Elijah must first come. Jesus stated, Elijah, Elias, Elijah, truly must first come and restore all things. Not some things, all things. That is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That is what Jesus said. I have many things to tell you disciples. You're not able to bear them, but you are now. That's the reason Paul said we can't speak about these cherubim shadowing the mercy seat of which now we can't speak particularly. Why? Because he was in Pentecost. He wasn't in tabernacles. It wasn't time. There is that truth of the testimony of Jesus, which is the servants of God receiving those things in all truth, all truth. And Jesus said, many things to tell you. You're not able to bear them now. Holy Ghost will come and lead you and guide you into all truth, not some truth. For when that which is perfect has come, all that which is in part will be done away with. Then we will know, even as we're known of God. Now, we've been children. The little children know that Jesus is the Father. How do we know that? Because 1 John 2, 12 through 14 tells us. I write in you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Well, they're born again of the water and the spirit. That is certainly in Pentecost. Then he says, I write in you little children because you've known the father. They've gone from babies to little children. Why? Because now they have a greater revelation. They know that Jesus is the father. That is, 
If you'd have known me, Jesus said, you'd have known the Father. And from henceforth, you both know him and have seen him. Jesus said, the words I speak are not mine. The Father that dwelleth, how's this permanently in me? He's the one doing the works. But if you don't believe, believe me for the work's sake. That the Father's in me and I'm in him. Believe me, for he's healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, lame walk, captive, going free. Blessed is he, whomsoever is not offended in me, if I with the figure of God, cast out devils. Know you, the kingdom of God's come down to you. They know that Jesus is the Father. They're little children. They're not full grown. These are Pentecostal. But then, then there is uh, this Moses that is... Uh, with Jesus. Elijah's with Jesus. Why Elijah? Because in coming down off the mountain, Jesus said, Elijah truly must first come. Why? And restore all things, not some things, all things, all truth, all faith that was once delivered to the saints. But Elijah has already come, if you will receive it. This understood, he spake to John, them to John the Baptist. Well, John the Baptist Foran, Jesus' first coming there, but he did no mighty miracles. It's in the spirit of Elijah, but it was the suffering Messiah. It was Hamashiach bin Yosef, the suffering Messiah. But now the Jews have been looking for Hamashiach bin David, the Messiah, the God there in this man that will live forever and exalt Israel and all nations of the world will be blessed in Israel. He's coming. Yes, he is. Before that, there will be a work of the ministry. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, then they will come. But only those that are in the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus will be used. And that, he says uh, to Elijah in, in Acts 3, 20 and 21, that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things. Not some things, all things. What? Yes. That Jesus must stay there, receive, he should be received in heaven until the times of the restitution or restoration of all things, the things of faith. So the body of Christ must come into all truth. All truth. Not in the sweet by and by. But now, before the second advent, we find that, that we find the Korah, Abiram, Dothan, coming against uh, Moses. We know that that's, it wasn't Moses, it was Christ in Moses. And uh, said, you take too much upon yourself, Moses. And uh, contended with him. And God said, I'll do a new thing. Moses said, the Lord will do a new thing and will open up his mouth and swallow the house of Korah, of Aram and Dothan, and they will go immediately into the pit. Whoa, very radical. Yes, that's Moses. Judgment miracles. Body of Christ will work judgment miracles in the last days according to Revelation 11. Not Moses and Elijah not uh, Moses and Enoch. It is the body of Christ. Now, if you hadn't heard that one, go to the podcast on the two witnesses showing that it is the body of Christ and the spirit 
that are the two witnesses of John 8, 13 through 27. But what are we saying? If you're staying in Pentecost and not moving on in the dynamic of the proceeding word of God, you're backsliding. That's the message. Seek the Lord. He'll show you. He will speak to you because it's not done in a secret place. It's not only spoken to one. He's speaking to the body of Christ as he's pulling the body of Christ into one. Gathering all his body into one and compacting it together. Whichever joint supplies, putting a bone to bone to the edifying of itself in love. These are the ones that are for, for, for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. They will be the ones for the work of this ministry in the last days. The Jesus ministry for three and a half years, 42 months, time, times and a half, 1,203 score days. And that for the edifying of the body of itself in love until we all come into the unity of the faith, not the unity of some denomination, some oneness organization or a fundamentalist organization, which are thousands upon the face of the earth. God's calling them out calling the individual believers out to all truth. They stay in there. Well, I'm going to go ask my pastor about it. The pastor's going to say, you're safe. (laughs) He's not going to say, oh, no, there's more to come. He's already settling these ways. And it was truth at one time. But notice that if you have to walk in the light as he's in the light, and if you don't walk in the light, you're backsliding. And that is so profound because Jesus said that we must walk in that light. I have many things to tell you. You have to be obedient. Paul stated it, that you, whosoever you yield, your members of servants to obey him are the servants to whom you obey. Whether sin unto death, that's a carnal mind in man. He's got the Holy Ghost. He's got the Holy Spirit, but he's not obeying it. And the carnal mind in man, there is death. To be carnally minded is die, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life. What is that? You yielding your members as servants to obey what? Of obedience unto righteousness. Romans 6. This grace reigns through. Grace reigns through something? I thought grace was just alone. No, grace reigns through righteousness. Because of the leading of the Holy Ghost in you. God working in you, both the willing to do of his good pleasure. And if we don't do the will of God, he'll say, depart from me, you the work of iniquity. I never knew you, for you did not do the will of God. Matthew 7. That's the reason why in Moses is up there on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus with only, not all 12 disciples seeing it, only a remnant, Peter, James, and John. Because it's a remnant of the woman, the remnant of the church that keep the commandments of God. They're the ones that love God, keep his commandments. And have the testimony of Jesus. What's that? Those are the ones that know these things, the servants, things that must shortly come to pass. What are the things? The faith that was once delivered to the saints. The testimony of Jesus is not only hearing, but keeping the sayings of the book of this prophecy through the spirit of prophecy. And that is through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So we're not Pentecostals anymore. That light, we're not going back to Azusa Street. And, you know, 
uh, Parham, uh, Seymour, wonderful men of God, great move of God. We give God the glory. These were definite leaders at that time, and they had a great move of God. And that's Pentecost. Now it's languishing. We don't see it because God shifted gears in the tabernacles. It's going to be the greatest move of God, the greatest shaking. And the Lord's promise, he will not shake the earth only, as he did uh, when he descended on the Mount Sinai. The mountain shook. As the fire of God spoke, came out of the mountain of the Lord, the voice of the Lord spoke. But now the voice of the Lord is speaking in Revelation, the second and third chapter, to the overcomers, far greater than Pentecost. Elijah, he did kingdom miracles. It will not rain in the days of his prophecy three and a half years. We find there that Elijah must come first and restore all things. That's the last day, all truth, going into all truth, knowing as we're known of him. And that, when that which is perfect has come, we're not children anymore. We're not just, we know Jesus is the father, little children. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, full grown into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, I put away childish things. We're called to be that man now. This is a great profound truth and a present truth of the preceding word of God. And God's doing it now. But don't go back to Pentecost. We're not Pentecostals, we're tabernacleists. We're going on. It's a great move of God. It's stirring right now. The Holy Ghost pulling us out of all these man-made denominations and to his perfect body in the perfect will of God in doing his will, hearing his voice. Most don't know the voice of God because they go to church and listen to a pastor, and that's fine. And I'm not saying that he had some elements of truth or whatever. I'm talking about the light, the light that is now shining in darkness. Walk in the light as he's in the light, proceeding word of God in the present truth. And that's the reason why we heard that word that sealed God's people by his word. We were shaken, knowing that this is the last of the last days. And he's speaking that to all that will hear his voice. And uh, Jesus right now, and we find that Paul talked, he saw that man. Caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body, out of the body, he couldn't tell. But notice, he said, he saw things. That's the radical change of faith. Things, which was unlawful for a man to speak. That's the last day. Move of God in tabernacles, not Pentecost. David, he saw those things. What would befall the people of God in the last days? We had Jacob, what would befall the people in the last days, Genesis 49. We have the song of Moses, what would befall God's people in the last days. That in Deuteronomy 32 and 33. God's doing it now. Now, if this is, has struck a chord in your spirit, if the Holy Ghost is dealing with you, maybe you have questions and think, well, this is radical. Oh, this is a radical change. This will be so radical that the ones that hold up in the old store because they won't go to the new wine. They'll think the old is better. No man, after he's drank of the old store, will say the, that the new is better. 
but we have to. And if we don't, that literally as God said in Malachi 4, this is the last of the last days. And he said, remember my servant Moses. Behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. He's doing it now. Elijah, in the spirit of Elijah, is a restoration spirit in the Holy Ghost. John, the Baptist, forerun Jesus' first coming. The Yeshua ben Yosef, that Messiah, son of Joseph. But now, this is Yeshua ben David. This is uh, the final last days. And he said, I send you not only Moses, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah, that restoration prophet in leading the body of Christ through the spirit there. Well, John foran in the spirit of Elijah, Jesus first coming, John, the beloved disciple, will forerun Jesus' second coming in the spirit of Elijah, which is the body of Christ. Somebody said, how do you get that? Well, look at John Look at John, who wrote the book of the Revelation in Revelation 10. Now, John was telling us these things, which is the spirit of prophecy. In Revelation 4, he said, there's a door open to me and a voice of a trumpet talking with me, saying, come up hither. You're going higher in God, not a gnosko knowing Jesus after the spirit and not after the flesh, but much higher than that, not Pentecost, but tabernacle. Come up hither, and I will show you things. That's the things of faith that will come to pass hereafter. And John begins to tell us what the overcomers are in Revelation 2nd, 3rd chapter. Then he tells us what these living creatures are and the priesthood of the four and twenty seats in heaven where we're made to set together in heavenly places in Christ. Revelation 4th and 5th chapter. Then he tells us about the seals beginning in the work of the ministry in the last days. And it's the beast saying, come and see the body of Christ. Then we go to Revelation 10. And the seven thunders uttered their voices. John's about to write. Don't write it, John. There's a book, a Bibliorydian. The Biblion is the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. The Bibliorydian, only mentioned four times, a little book, is that last book. The book that is so important to God, it's his very heartstrings. And if you add anything to the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus, the plagues of this book will be added to you. And if you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus, your name will be blotted out of the holy city and out of the book of life. Very, very profound judgment. You're dealing with the heartstrings of God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Very, very terra, fearful that we have to handle this word of God. Circumspectly, we have to with fear and trembling walking softly before God in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. John, take the book out of the angel's hand 
and eat you all of it. Not some of it, not one verse, not just saying, well, I've repented and I'm baptized in the name of Jesus and I've got the Holy Ghost and that's it. No, no. That started, got a good course, got a good running. You started the race, but don't you know all running the race, only one winneth the prize. The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, kings and priests of the Lord our God will reign with him in the earth for a thousand years. Eat you all of it. Eat you all of it, John. That beloved disciple, eat all of it. Well, he had to take it. Nobody's going to give it to you. And it's told beforehand. It's going to be sweet to your mouth as honey, but it'll be bitter to your belly. There's some sufferings with this thing that you're going to follow the Lord. There's going to tribulation. Persecution is going to rise for the word's sake. It's going to be a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God. Some of you have written to me saying you're starving there in Africa and India. We're going to get to you as fast as we can. We're doing all we can. But every minister I know that's real, that's pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus is going through persecution and tribulation now. And there will be a great move of God, but occupy till he comes. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. He'll make a way for you. He'll make a way for us. Pray for us as we pray for you. We're all going through a time and a coronavirus. And there's going to be more. Evil men are seducers waxing worse and worse. Famine, pestilence, sword, noisome beast will be multiplied. Come, the closer we come to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the great tribulation, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven as the lightning from the east to the west. And then he will send his angels to gather together his elect. There's a rapture immediately after the great tribulation. Well, what's happening now? Eat that little book. Somebody said, well, we told, my pastor told us, don't read the book of the Revelation. It's it's a terrible book. It's It's got some terrible things and people are dying. Yes. <laughs> the saints of God are sealing their testimony with their own blood. Right, saith the Spirit. Blessed be those that die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit, from henceforth and forever, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Yes. The saints of God, the body of Christ, Delivered up. Jesus said so in Matthew, John 16. They're going to deliver you up to uh, synagogues, casting you out, churches, casting you out. I forewarned you, she should not be offended. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you, they think they did God a service. And that's not Muslim either, friend. That's not Islam, Buddhist, Krishna. Those are the body of Christ with a civil war. Why? Because they don't agree on the Godhead. <laughs> but these things they will do unto you, killing you, yes, because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't know Christ because Christ is the Father. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is the Son. He's the Spirit revealed. You can see that. That's Antichrist. First John 2.22, who's a liar? But he denies that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist. What's Antichrist? He denies the Father because Christ is the Father. And he denies the Son, 
Why? Because Christ is the Son of God, which is the Father revealed. God manifest. The Son of God is the Father revealed. He that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Why? Because the Son is the Father manifest in flesh. In that office of the Son of God, which is an eternal office. This doctrine of Christ is what will be taught and preached in all the churches in the last days and established in that truth, which is the work of the ministry. Any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Second John 9. It requires that knowledge of Christ to be born again. First John 5, verse 1. Whoso believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Christ is that spirit. Whoso believeth that Jesus is that spirit. The Father, Word, the Holy Ghost, El Shaddai, the Lord Jehovah, is born of God. Now John. John being indicative of the body of Christ. Because he said, John, take that book out of the angel's hand. Eat all of it, not some of it. We're going into all truth. It's going to be sweet to your mouth, bitter to your belly. You're going to have sufferings. You're going to have tribulation, persecution. It's a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be counted worthy to enter into the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. So eat it. No man is going to give it to you. You're going to have to take it. Take it out of the angel's hand. For the law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, men press their way into it. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You're going to have to take it. John took that book, that little book, the very heartstrings of God, seals, trumpets, and vows in the work of the ministry. The work of judgment, all God's ways are judgment and manifest in the revelation of Jesus Christ. He ate all of it, and it was sweet to his mouth, his honey, bitter to his belly. But then there came a saying. Matter of fact, let's read it. You'll see there in Revelation 10, you can write it, you can underline it in your Bible, and that said, it was sweet to his mouth as honey. And you'll see that in Revelation 10, verse 10. Go to verse 11. It shows you who that is. You, as a member of the body of Christ, along with the other members in the body of Christ being one man, you're John. And it said, he said unto me, to John, thou, you must prophesy, preach, again before many peoples, nations, Tongues and kings. Many peoples, nations, kindred, tongues, and kings. Who is that? That's you. That's me. You must again prophesy, John, because the body of Christ is that man in Revelation 19.10. It is that man that John saw caught up to the third heaven, saw things unlawful for a man to speak in Pentecost, we're not in Pentecost. We're in tabernacle. Right now, the Lord is giving those things, the things of faith, to those that have an ear to hear. They are the overcomers, and they will be the fathers that know him that's from the beginning. They're in and be the ones sealed, the service of God in their forehead in Revelation 7. The apocalyptic sealing here, and the angel is already sending from the east, having the seal of them of God. God is sending it. It's happening now. We are receiving those things. If the Holy Ghost is more witness with your spirit, that these are the things of truth, faith, 
give us a call. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906. Don't stay in Pentecost. Move on in the Spirit of God. Dynamic. It's the way of truth, the way of light. It's not static. It's dynamic. It's moving. Don't, don't fall behind. Don't be backslidden. Walk in that light is easy in the light. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or if you have questions, you can drop us a line on our websites. Or you can contact us. We'd love to have you contact us as God is bringing his body, the body of Christ into one right now. Do so. Give us a call. Or drop us a message. I'll get back with you. God's doing it now. We'd love to talk to you. Love to meet you. Love to work in this ministry with you. Be honored to work in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ with you. That is go to sealinggodspeople.com, sealinggodspeople.org, or dennisbeard.org. We thank you, those of your prayerful support, your generous offerings, your donations that keep us on the air doing these podcasts. The Lord Jesus bless you. There's some 30, 60, 100 fold in the name of Jesus. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.